We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's Dean and Ring, Brandon Sprague. It is what now? June fourth. Losing track June of the 4th. days. Eighteen days until the NBA draft. There's all kinds of news and notes. Uh, Scoot Henderson worked out for the Trailblazers yesterday. I was there at the uh, post-workout uh, media availability. Uh, there's a Wall Street Journal piece out now talking about the potential sale of the franchise and where kind of things stand. Uh, it's off season, but it's still not quiet. So uh, that's kind of where we are right now. I've got that, and I've got a million questions from you. I will try to get through as many of these as I can or as we can um, before I wrap things up. Brendan, how you doing, man? Uh, you know, despite the fact that I'm 36 with a pimple on my face, I'm doing pretty good, Danny. The, uh, the weather is beautiful, and uh, there's a lot to talk about with the Blazers. Right Le- now. Leaning into it. They, uh, yeah. There's a lot of comments right now about uh, you not wearing a hat right now, and yet you got your ears lowered. I did. I got a haircut. Mm. My kids hate my shaved head, so I had to grow my hair back out. Uh, and then right in time for today's pod, I woke up with a ginormous zit on my face, which tried to pop. That was unsuccessful. So we're off to a rip-roaring start on this beautiful Sunday. Nice. Jack Ramsey's is like popping a pimple. Um, <laughs> that's how you sell it, ladies and gentlemen. We're still brought to you by Move Insoles. There you go. We'll be brought to you by Move Insoles all season. Uh, what is – I asked you this because you mentioned the article. Uh, I'm wrapping up the last paragraph right now live mm-hmm. on the podcast. <laughs> I saw the Scoot stuff. Um it's been like a week or so since we talked. I'm just curious, like, where Danny Meringue's hierarchy of this is number one biggest thing on my mind, this is number two biggest thing on my mm-hmm. mind, where are we at on this whole hierarchy of Blazers news today? So I don't talk about the sales stuff just because until there's, like, real news, it doesn't really matter to me. I've heard since 2020, you know, like, what's kind of gone on behind the scenes and pe- certain people that are interested in, in buying the team, Phil Knight being foremost among them. Um, full disclosure, like when I first heard about the team like being sold back then, it was this summer that I was told that it would happen. Mm-hmm. And so until we get past this summer, I, eh, I just kind of throw my hands up. Uh, the Wall Street Journal article does talk about a lot of what I've heard for the last six months, which is that Phil Knight wants the team, desperately so, in that they are actively pursuing the team. Mm-hmm. That, that matches everything that I've heard for the last six months. So uh, I, I haven't heard anything changing there. Perhaps, um, I don't know, maybe not doing the hit piece first and maybe doing the piece like this first would probably been a little bit smarter. <laughs> Just, I don't know. The order of operations with uh, the Ron Wyden, we endorse, I endorse Phil Knight's ownership of the team, even though the team's not technically for sale. Like, mm. And then, you know, butting that up against the, the literal next day where Larry Miller, who isn't named in the article as the executive brand director of Jordan, mm-hmm. also tangentially related to Nike, yeah. is like the sole person cited for all of the negative stuff thrown at the Allen Estate and Jody Allen. So, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have gone that way first, but 
I, I'm with you there. I think it this should have been reversed in some way, <laughs> and the scathing stuff doesn't come out until it's like negotiations are at a standstill. Sure. I think my thing is on it is just um, it's I'm I'm curious your thoughts on this. Like I believe in. All right, you you bought the team, not that she did, but like the estate bought sure. this team, and they've done a lot for this franchise in this city. But like, should leagues and cities have any rights? With stuff like this, such a weird position, right? It's in the Wall Street, Wall Street Journal article. This stuff takes 10 to 20 years with estates of this magnitude mm -hmm. in some estimations. I just, you read it. We we saw Phil Knight donated $400 million to the surrounding area. We read it in the story. He clearly wants to build the area up and mm -hmm. make it like a big district, which we've long been waiting for. I, I And Nike's the partner with the league, not that he's necessarily – the day-to-day -day guy anymore for it. I just, I, I was wondering today reading this piece, should cities and fans, uh, should they have rights? Should leagues have rights? Should Adam Silver be able to say, sorry, you got to sell it now. This is an amazing offer. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I know it's a, it's a slippery slope for some people, but I was just thinking about that. There is an element of that to it, and it's highlighted in the Wall Street Journal, and nobody but those at the very top know exactly what the timeline is that the, mm -hmm. the NBA is going to mandate. And what the estate mandates, um, the NBA, even that article that the NBA has cited is, uh, anytime a team is handed over to an estate or to a trust, it's supposed to be for a temporary period of time. Now, how long yes. that temporary period of time is something I'm sure only ownership and Adam Silver and hell, it may not even be that many other owners that know exactly how long that, that is supposed to go on for. But Phil needs to buy the team. Yes. It, let's run the, like the, the boxes, right? All the money in the world. Check. Okay. It's worth at least $40 billion, give or take, on a, on, a, on, a, on a day that ends in Y. Yep. He has already shown that he can take a program in the middle of nowhere and turn it into a powerhouse, i.e. Oregon. Mm-hmm. Oregon wasn't it, folks. If you listen, the USC and me is going to come out real loud and proud right now, but it's going to be, it's going to hurt for you. Oregon does is irrelevant without Phil Knight. Period. Point blank. Oregon, and Oregon State are the same thing. Yeah, you're, you, yeah, you were, you were literally this. You were listen, nothing against the Beavs. You were no. on the same level as the Beavers if you do not have Phil Knight. It is literally that simple, because you were you you were in Eugene, two hours south of Portland. It's just there's very few places where that's not the case. Where you're just a, you need to be some sort of powers. Now they have Phil Knight, and that's what makes them powerful. And mm -hmm. you've seen the literal billion dollars that he has invested in that university. And that's, just, I mean, that's just in the sports program. <laughs> 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 that, that isn't even everything else with Matthew Knight Arena and, everything, and, and the education side of things. What he would do to the Blazers, I would imagine, will be very similar. It would have the best training facility on the face of the planet. It would have the best of everything. Because yes. that's how you win on that level. I'm sorry, my contact is dancing around in my eye because my allergies are whooping my ass right now. So if I look like I'm scratching my eye like crazy, it's because I am. It's having that, that advantage. That's, that's when I talk about ownership being one of the biggest advantages in sports. That's it. Not just that he has $40 billion. Yes, you want Bezos, Knight, you want... Uh, is Elon broke boy now? I'll say he was on that list. No, but... I think he just got named richest man in the world again. Okay, okay so he keeps no, he, I might be wrong on that. Depending but... on his, his liquid assets. But yeah. you, you want more money than God. Right. But having more money than God and being unwilling to actually do anything with it, you see it happen pretty regularly. Like, mm -hmm. take a look at the Knicks. Yeah. Dolan's been cheap forever. Ever, 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 ever. So you have all the money and a willingness to spend it. Oh, I'm fighting a losing war to these allergies right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Um, the one drawback of Phil, the one drawback of Phil is that he's 85 years old. And yeah. you might have to go through this process again very soon. So. Okay. But the Problem thing solved. about that we know what that money is, not only does he want to invest in the area, buy the team, the, the dude is 85. Yes. He might not get a hold of this thing if he stays interested until he's 87. And it's like, obviously, time ain't on his side at that point. 
But the thing he's searching for is the exact same thing you, I, everybody else searching for. It's it's championship. And he's won Pac-12 titles. He's gotten to a, a, a couple national championships with his football school. And he's done an exceptional job. What he's done mm-hmm. at Oregon is, how are you not envious of it? But I think he views this as in a time capsule of, I have to see a title in my life. It's a legacy thing. It's a yeah, legacy absolutely. play. And honestly, that kind of thing motivates me. Because yeah. you, you know just how bad he wants it. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. It's like, that's what I want. Now, I wouldn't need to, to fully endorse it. I need that, that plan of succession. I can't have any Game of Thrones shit. Not, not, not going down the, the genie bus, Lakers, disaster piece theater that they had. I wait, guess. wait, wait. What do you think? How do you think secession ended? Because <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't necessarily end with secession. Look, I haven't watched the show yet, okay? Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'll put it on there. But Then I won't spoil anything. No, okay. But that's why I went Game of Thrones. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't want a Game of Thrones ending either. So, like, the idea of how that works, that intrigues me. Okay? But beyond that, if Jody's not going to be the long-term owner, like, if she was going to be the long-term owner with her money and she actually gave a damn and was going to be like, yes, I'm going to buy the team and cool. I have no issue with that. Who I, I, I don't care who it is. As long as you one have more money than God two want to spend it religiously on this team. I beyond those things. I don't care. Sure. I don't. I, I, it was like, well, what about if they're a good person and how much they give us? And I don't care. (laughs) You'd be the right hand of Satan if you're bringing me rings, man. I'm like, well, you know, he did make a good point. <laughs> you know what I care about? I care if they care. Yes. That's what I care about. Care. So, like, as long as it's that, whatever. Yeah. All right, so that's one of the big news notes out of the way. Um, so the, it, it's it's not much ado about nothing in this regard. Like, there's, there's smoke there, and there has been yeah. smoke for a while. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, that's that's kind of where I ultimately fall. Is that is that where you are? Like, eh, as long as you're, yeah, I, I just, I, you know, it's not like some of this stuff has been unheard or talked about. We no. dove, we dove into this before, but it's just like reading. I'm with you on the reverse of the stories, but like reading the piece, you're just like, damn it, dude! Like, Adam Silver, get on the horn. Like, if the city had a vote today, who do you want to be the owner? It wouldn't even, you know, I, no Phil offense. Would, but Phil would win 95% of the vote. A landslide. Yeah. So it's just, you know, I take city and league into account here. And, the, the you know, the weird quotes and the uh, Smolinski wrote her a letter and somebody else reached back out on behalf of her. It's just like yeah. communication it's, stuff. It's, it's, it's a weird. Sp- and honestly, I bet you the, the hit piece is playing a part of that. But they already acknowledged the price. I mean, I would just make the hit piece the price up, right? Like. Oh, you wrote that about us. That's, that's another half a million, half that, a billion dollars. That's a, no, that's a quarter billion. Yeah. God, that's a Seriously. price. It's a pricey post piece. It, it is a pricey post. Well, <laughs> why the hell was Larry Miller actually being quoted in that story? No idea. What are you doing? No idea. It, was, uh, it wasn't exactly veiled. So, <laughs> yeah. um, the other big news, uh, obviously, as uh, G League Ignite guard uh, Scoot Henderson was in the building for workouts yesterday morning. Uh, all of the media showed up and all the pomp and circumstance. Uh, I will cede the floor to you, good sir. Your, your, you, you had uh, Shaden Sharp as baby Kobe. What when you see Scoot Henderson? What do you see? Uh man. If Shaden is baby Kobe, uh, I'm seeing like a combination of Dame, Michael Jordan, and Russell Westbrook. What do you call that guy? Uh, my own <laughs> personal nightmare, Danny. I'll be honest with you, man. You were there. I'd love to hear your thoughts on just mm-hmm. his kind of sounds tacky, but like his aura, like how do you feel like he carried himself? I watched all his post workout mm-hmm. press stuff. I was impressed with that. And then obviously the video stuff is like, you're showing us the best stuff possible, but I, the kid is, he looks built at he's 19. He's got hyper athleticism. His length is insane. Given his height. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I think the world of it to the to the fact where I think it's easy for me to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway because I think other people are going to feel the same way. I don't know how the hell it works and what it does, but if I'm on that clock at three and the best offer I have out there is Pascal Siakam with the third pick, I am drafting Scoot, Mother Bleep, and Henderson, and I'm just hoping to God we figure this this thing out in a nice, clean, successful way. All right, before I dive into the, the Scoot stuff, and you, you, you kind of hit on exactly where I wanted to go with this, is that on lottery night when we did the show, what, what did I say? This I don't is, remember because we blacked the, out. This is the most valuable and tangible asset yes. in the entire NBA that's not an MVP player. With, with the exception of two. But I didn't think two was gone. Charlotte's so bereft of talent that, that you're just... They're not giving that pick up. They, they need no, it desperately. they need it. They need um, it yeah. Number one, I continue to hear that Charlotte is interested in Miller. And for everybody's like, oh, they won't pass on Scoot. Michael Jordan has overridden Mitch Kupchak more times than I can count on draft night. If Brandon Miller has a great workout for the Hornets, I mean, I, I would not be shocked to see them t- take Brandon Miller. Um, but as it pertains to the Blazers, the the asset-wise shaping of everything, I want the Blazers to commit to Damian Lillard. But I think the Blazers at this point and kind of how they're putting it out there and how it's being shaped is that they look at that asset as like, when everybody asks me, like, would you trade three for McHale? And I said, no. It's because I knew the value of the asset. Mm-hmm. Like, McHale and Claxton? You're talking. <laughs> you, yeah. you, ha- you have my attention. Like, sure. So... That's the kind of thing where I look at that and I go, yeah, okay. I, I can get with that where they're going with that. But the flip side of all of this is they value that asset, I think, so highly that it's going to take an offer that blows their doors off. And I, I'm not sure they're going to get it. And the Blazers are going to be in a position where I think they genuinely look at taking and making the pick. Yeah. And what that says about the franchise, and I've said this, you and I have said this, it is about this summer. Well, if it's about this summer, if they don't make the move that impacts winning now, well, guess what they're putting winning till? Yeah. Not this summer, not this season. I, I, don't, have, I don't have a relationship with Dame the way you do. This is just my, what you read and what he says and... Look, I, I've I've long been wondering aloud, like, are these guys really going to become available, right? Like, mm-hmm. Brad Stevens said it. Jalen's our dude. We appreciate everything about him. He's coming back. We want to give him that contract. Jalen Brown has 300 million reasons why he should not leave Boston. Sure. The, the Pelican one, I know we got a question on that. Like, I keep thinking about this. If I'm the Pelicans, your season broke down because of injury. You were a pretty good team. You got some good pieces. Why am I giving up Brandon Ingram? He's the better of him and Zion. Zion can't stay healthy. Why am I abandoning Ingram in hopes that Zion finally gets it and I get a point guard with? I just I don't know. I don't see it. Mikael Bridges. I unless an offer is out, unless it's and three, and you're not asking for anything else. Like I don't know why Brooklyn would want to get rid of Mikael Bridges either. And I know they're in a different space as well. I just I keep coming to everybody, and I'm like, so I get Pascal Siakam. I see, don't I, think he's worth the three pick. See, I don't. I, I look at it as Brooklyn is every last bit of that is a smokescreen. Every last bit of that. Sean Marks is Sean Marks is not going to restart his team with Mikael Bridges as his best player. He might not. I don't know anything about Sean Marks anymore. He gave his entire franchise to two players for four years. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. Fair point. But but let me finish real quick. If none of those dudes are available, and there's not a surprise out of left field name that's like, holy hell, he wants to go play with Dame? Can you believe this? Mm. I don't know how you don't you, – you have to take the best player. And if Schmitz and Joe are in a room and they've had uh, the Thompson twins scoot in, Brandon Miller, the, the top prospects after mm-hmm. Victor, and their assessment is scoot, number one, 
This league has taught us through history, you have to draft the best talent. You cannot be like, well, we already got a two-guard. Can't do it. It's not worked out for Portland when they've played that game. And if Scoot's there, you got to draft Scoot. And that brings me back to the original point. I don't know how Dame doesn't say, you just drafted a point guard that's 19 years old, 20 years old. Like, I'm I'm 33. And so, like, I don't know how this doesn't lead to the thing we don't want to talk about because Mm -hmm. that just – for Dame, just my two cents from way far, I don't know how that makes sense in his head. Maybe it does. Maybe he's like, cool, I'll mentor the kid. I don't know. Like, I I talked to Dame. I genuinely, in my heart, not carrying water or any of this bullshit that I see people saying, I genuinely believe that Damian Lillard wants to spend every second of his career in this in this city. Genuinely. Like just, he, just He's selling his house though, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite stupid thing from this week. I had somebody text me, yo, he's selling his house. I'm like, he just built a house. He built yes. a castle. <laughs> My man has a studio and a roller skating rink in his house. Yeah, old basketball gym, dude. Yeah. It's Damian Lillard all over it. Yes. Like, folks, he not going anywhere. Yeah. But, like, the whole idea of, like, him forcing, like, being forced out. I don't. I don't think it would be him that decided to leave. It would be either the organization or the people who are around him, whether it's family, agencies, whatever, saying, you need to do what's best for you in your basketball career. And Dame has always said, no one can tell me what is best for me but me. And that's why I ultimately fall back on him wanting to stay here. But if they don't do enough to push them over, maybe that is the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Mm-hmm. I mean... It shouldn't be guys like us or anybody in the world projecting how somebody should feel. If Dan yeah, no. wants to stay here and ride this out, like, dude, I'm all about it. I don't know how that works in my mind, but I'm I'm in. I'm in. Because scoot to Shaden, Shaden back to Scoop, Scoot to Dame, Dame to Shaden. Like, there's all kinds of things rattling. I just, I'm trying to use my life as the example. And if there was an equivalent to our jobs... Are, we, are you not taking that personally as it's kind of a slap in the face in some ways? Like, hey, they just drafted the same position as you. It's the Packers with Aaron Rodgers drafting Jordan Love. Like, Yeah, that's kind of how I'm seeing it, too. And the whole idea of like, oh, Damon Scoot can figure it out. Fuck, they can. <laughs> Dean plays 35 minutes a night, ladies and gentlemen. We were, well, you, I, I had hundreds of you scrapping and clawing for 10 minutes a night for Shaden. Yeah. You think Scoot's going to get minutes here? Ant, Dame, Shaden? And I've seen, I've seen people like, well, if they trade Ant, I'm like, okay, so Scoot gets 12 minutes a night. Right. That's going to be super impactful towards winning. And if I see one more person say a college or NCAA player is better than a freaking all-star in the NBA in the comments, I'm going to throw you out of the chat. For the love of God. <laughs> I, I heard Hikens so last Hikens last pod he had on um, he had draft guy on sorry I'm blanking the name um, if I think of it I'll say it and the the guy came on and they were talking about Scoot and Sean was talking about the idea that they used the pick and and he said like the, the, his guest said something to the effect of well you know because Dame is so great off the ball and I just thought uh, Scoot's not coming in here handling the ball and Damian Lillard's just running back and forth like he's Steph Curry. That's just that's not how Dame is. is they it? tried they tried it and Dame was like I need more pick and roll. Yes. Like it that's that's who he is is a pick and roll guard. And like yeah. having him come off the like from behind the defense that's fine. Like but that's not that's not who he is. No. And Scoot Henderson is not a shooter right now. And for everybody I, I saw somebody out there that had Scoot listed at 6'4". Scoot and Dame are the same height. Okay. Scoot and Dame are the same height. I have to avert my gaze ever so slightly above straight line above my eyes. I've I, always thought Dame was about 6'2 going it, on 6'3. He's 6'2 in yeah. shoes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm 5'10. I don't really have to look up to talk to him. 
Yeah, I look him right in the eye. And yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, cool. <laughs> it's like, ah. But so a 6'9 reach is insane. No, he is man, dumb is long, nuts. and he is yeah. dumb strong. He like he, he looks like the KO Spikes out there. Like, Jeez. he is a built kid. And the thing is, his frame, he could probably carry 15 more pounds. Man, it's the brick house. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's still got little kid frame. Like he, you know, the thing that's going to be fun about him is Danny. He, he I think he's going to have a little drain on in him. I think he's going to be a barker when he gets out there, man. Oh, yeah. No, he's a competitive, fiery dude. Uh, yeah. Talking about his interview, he was great. Mm-hmm. It was great. All the confidence in the world. And I think he said the line was something like, every team should want a guy like me. I'm a leader. I'm fiery. I bring it. I'm 110%. Like, he, like you can tell he has juice. Yeah. Like, he's go, 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 go. Like... I, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. There are players in the NBA who go through the motions. Scoot is a dyed-in-the-wool hooper. He's, he's got a lot of what Dame has in him. Like, if, if, you were, if I had to pick somebody from this class who I thought was going to have a all-star caliber work ethic, Scoot would be that guy. Mm-hmm. The, just by his actions, the way he talks, the way he walks, the way he carries himself. Like, it's either that or he is the best salesman that there is. Uh, go watch the Victor game from, like, October. Yeah. He he took it to Victor. Yes. Uh, he took that game personal. He, he's he's a dog. He's, yeah. he's, like, he's got that desire to kind of take it to another level. A lot of guys get to the league, and that's good enough. And then there's guys who they want to be a little bit more, and then they stop. And there's guys who want more than that, and then there's guys who want more than that. Like, that's how you work your way up that MVP ladder from in the league to rotation player to uh, viable bench player to starter to above-average starter to, you know, borderline star, all-star, superstar, MVP. Like, that's the rungs you work up. It's talent, yes, but more than anything, especially in this league, is how hard you're willing to work. I, I still maintain, like you, you said at the top, Charlotte has done some dumb things, and Jordan has been in the way of a lot of those dumb things. Seattle Morrison at three. Mm-hmm. But I keep coming back to he's trying to sell that asset. That is a city that largely does not care one iota what that team is or is doing because they have not earned any trust from that fan base or that city to care. I know they've got LaMelo, but like, I just don't know how they pass on scoot. I I don't know who's going to have a better workout for them, but like I'm taking him 10 out of 10 times over Miller, just out of the sheer fact of LaMelo doesn't stay healthy. And I'm trying to sell somebody, some edge to this city. Like scoot gives you that. And maybe that makes the blazers job a little easier at three, because that's something else that I've been thinking about Danny. I, Joe's a good dude. I do not envy this shit. This has got to be the worst position to be in where you have this asset. I told Richmond this, and he, he kind of agreed. It Like, in the moment, you and I were at Bricks, and we're Blazer fans. We're going nuts. We're like, holy crap, they got the three pick. I almost wondering if it was, like, the worst thing to happen to him because now you've got, hey, might be franchise-type player that you kind of start. Mm-hmm. Your books are empty. You're build more on a timeline that makes sense. And then you also have franchise pillar that has had nothing help to him in a long time and deserves a legitimate shot because he's our statue guy. I I can't fathom wanting to be in this position and, and have to make this kind of decision, man. It's, it's huge. It is. And we've talked about scoot, 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 scoot. And what if Charlotte takes scoot? And that's, that's the next part of this is do the blazers like Brandon Miller or do they like Eamon Thompson more? But he isn't isn't Amen's like a point guard. He's a six seven guard. It's six seven, yeah. Can't shoot. No. Brandon Miller can shoot the living hell out of the ball. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh. Do those players lend themselves to you to where you start to tell yourself, oh, I'll trade this for that? Like, I'm not big on trading yeah, no, you're, for Pascal, no, but you're, if you're, it's Miller. You're tearing stuff. You 100 percent are. And so is everybody else in the league. Because yeah. you're like, again, if Siakam was the only thing Toronto had on offer. For, sure, just for, for Scoot, and that was there. I'd be like, mm, well, see you later, bye. Yeah, me too. I everybody's like, oh, Portland's leveraged. You don't think Toronto is? 
Siakam's got a year left. OG's got a year left. You got a bunch of guys that don't want to play together. You have this whole experiment that blew up in their face and their coach fire because they got tired of everybody's bullshit and everybody mm-hmm. in that organization's too busy, uh, too busy smelling each other's ass and, Damn, congratu- and congratulating themselves about a title that they generated off the back of one of the greatest players of all time that played there for six months. Which they also wouldn't have won had the team they played actually been healthy in that series. We like, all know that. It's it's like the the self-aggrandized version of the 2019 Trailblazers somehow stumbling face first into a title, of which <laughs> we would smell our own asses for. And I'm, it's like we, it, we, we, we would sit there and talk about how our culture and this and that and the other and completely ignore the fact that one of the greatest players ever in Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard had one of the greatest runs ever in some of the best circumstances ever. Like, trying to shape that and build your foundation around that, by God, it's going to be fun to watch that come, 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 come just completely crumbling down. Oh, I'm with you 100%. I mean, probably the most talented team in a starting lineup in NBA history was like 50% healthy. And it's like, yeah, we did it. It's like, well, you did it, but... And again, I, this whole idea that Portland is leveraged, I don't think Joe Cronin is operating from a position of leverage. I saw somebody saying that, if, that Joe needs to draft Scoot to save his job. Joe Cronin just got a contract for all the same reasons. We talk about Chauncey Billups and the Blazers not moving on from him. Cause they got new contracts. They're safe. Ownership is not going to pay them to disappear. No, they, that's not how this ownership group operates. That's a, most ownership groups don't operate like that. No, I know they don't just go piss away money. That's why Monty Williams took that job in Detroit. He's like, Oh, you want me to coach a team that I don't want to coach and build a culture that I don't want to build? Fine. Give me an MLE for seven years. <laughs> Give me $100 million on the table. I'm in. He told them no three separate times. He, ha- he had to take that, though. That offer is They literally like... gave him an MLE. They yeah. literally like, they gave a coach an MLE. Like, What's Spolster going to get? Holy shit. Wild. And somebody says, but what if there's no ownership, Danny? They're going to fire the coach before they fire the GM. That's how that works. Go look at Phoenix. James Jones still have a job? You know, that's just how that goes. Mm -hmm. So, again, this whole idea of leverage, I don't think Portland's leveraged. I think Joe quite literally is making a decision based on what's best for the franchise, but also I genuinely... My discussions with Dame and Joe over the last six months, I genuinely believe that they're on the same page and that Joe genuinely gives a shit about wanting to put a contender around Damian Lillard. However, he is not going to give away assets for nothing. We saw it on draft night last year. Mm -hmm. Again, those Raptors wanted more than God for OG Ananobi. Joe said no. He got a value play for Jeremy Grant. Made the deal. Like, we 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 have transactional records of what they have and haven't done. So which way they go with this, I think it's pretty easy to see. Like, come draft night, we are not going to see anything happen until the, they're on the clock. Because they're going to wait to extract every last ounce of blood from that asset. If they don't use it, yeah. But even then, they're going to wait till the very last second. Value it more than anything. So where's your gut say right now? It's draft day. We haven't heard any chatter. Blazers are on the clock. They're at three. Do you think ultimately they announce a scoot? Or we have a trade? If you asked me two weeks okay ago, okay to be wrong at this yeah, point. Yeah, by yeah. The way. If you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said trade. Sure. If you asked me today, I'd say it's probably a coin toss that they use the pick. Just based on the just the murmurings that are out there, but that's I mean, this could also be speed Joe and the Blazers being a whole lot better at smokescreening than Neil ever was. <laughs> Possible. You know. There's, there's, there's a lot of that to it. Like, that's why I try not to lean too hard into it a couple weeks out because it changes no, in a heartbeat. Yeah. You don't know until you, until you don't know. Right? Yeah. Right. A player shaking free and then, oh, here you go. Uh, this is, this is a question from Cody at Cody Zeff. Is there a world where we draft 
uh, draft three, Scoot and Dame is willing to say, with Scoot and Shea as then the guards of the future, could you still flip Ant for more veteran pieces that keep Dame? Or if this pick is made, are we then assuming Dame is gone? This kind of goes to the second part of this. Like, I, I don't, I don't know if there's like a a move that you make with Ant and other stuff that's moving the needle a ton as far as impact in the sense of like your biggest piece you just used on a rookie. Rookies aren't good. And if you're if you're a team that has holes, which this team has holes, and you use it on a rookie guard who's not going to get on the floor because Damian Lillard plays 35 a night, how are you improving this team elsewhere to make them that much better? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the timeline is for you because I think using that pick at that position with Dame, it it might be a little different because, I, again, people have noted this, the assets out there even for for a Dame are kind of interesting if you, if you dive into it a little bit. I just... I love to be wrong, but I feel like if they use it and they draft Scoot, I I think, I think that's a mutual agreement of okay, now we're gonna do right by you, and we're gonna get some stuff back, but we're sending you to the upper echelon place we think you have the best chance. I I just I I helped you wrong on that, but I have a hard time believing that they draft Scoot, and he's here to start the season. Uh, I get some version of this from a lot of people. This is from Adam Antium. Uh, if the Blazers do take Scoot, how would a Lillard Scoot backcourt compared to other like Lillard, CJ, Lillard, and small guard lineups? You wouldn't see it all that much. I, it would. I don't think it happened. Yeah. Like it's just. And, and Scoot's a a guy who competes defensively, but they're both six two. Like you might see it for a few minutes, but you, that's not the default setting. The default mm-hmm. setting would be Ant or a Damon Shaden. In this scenario, if you're moving on from Anthony, like, oh hell, the default at this point would probably end up being Damon Teese with Shea coming off the bench with Scoot. Yeah. Well, that would depend on who else they were able to get. So yeah, it's, it's, it's some there's some weird stuff in here. Um, let's get away from some of this the this endless Scoot pick three Dame gone Doomer bullshit. I'm just so <laughs> tired of it. Um, this from Liam Rally twenty five. Um, this is a, a, a very. Um, it's actually a question I've gotten quite a bit over the last two weeks. Um, randomly, I must have been I missed a Reddit post about her or something. Uh, Liam asks: Is Ibu uh, an NBA player and a sneaky part of the plan, or is he a G League wait and see kind of guy? Is he something to hold on to during trade ideas or to use the piece? Mm. Any interest from other teams on him? I don't know about interest from other teams on him, um, but I do know that he is very much in the Blazers' plans as far as like development goes. If he had, if the Blazers had a G League team last year, he would have gone down there and just gotten minutes by fire. Yeah, like they look at him. He's okay. Number one, Bocce is huge, huge, so long, so rangy, and he moves so well for a dude that size. Not Giannis fluidity, but mm-hmm. he moves incredibly well. He has very natural shot blocking instincts. He's still very raw. He's still probably a year away from being an impactful. Um, playable guy in the NBA. Yeah. But do not be surprised to see him get some scratch minutes, particularly number number one, he's going to play a ton at Summer League this year, which will be fun to get him those, see see exactly where he's at in his game time development. Um, but this is what, this is what it's for. Like the development process and having a G League team is these kind of guys. Seven foot one, huge hands, wild long arms, incredible athleticism, and Baji's an incredible, incredibly great human. Just like the nicest, kindest, quietest guy. Speaks like, what, five languages? Just great dude. Um, love talking to him. But as far as, like, is, is he a sneaky part of the plan? I think so. Now, sneaky part of the plan in the sense of, like, impact right away? No. But, like, does he have a development arc of, like, hey, he's a Serge Ibaka type of player where a guy who came to the game a little bit later with wild athleticism, who has natural defensive instincts and incredible physical body. And then remember when Serge came in the league, he couldn't shoot to save his life. Yeah. Then he started like becoming a, not only an okay, but like a viable to good right. corner three-point yeah. shooter. Like I don't know if Baji turns into that, if he's more just a, a rim-running nightmare. But athletically, yeah. No, he's a big dude who can do a lot. 
I don't have a lot to add. You see them on a, a far more scale than I do. But what I would say is the G League thing, I think, gets me excited for prospects like that. To be no, able to see them and kind of get a feel of like, hey, when that guy gets called up. Because right now, you know, a lot of people sit in the dark on this stuff with Portland prospects. If they go and they bring them in and they develop, like just seeing somebody up close play to a certain level in that league and then get the opportunity and maybe start running with it. It's not a, oh, where'd he come from? You're like, I've been watching this dude for three weeks down here. He's been dominating the G League. It's not a surprise to people. The the interesting thing here about um, Baji and the Blazers right here is that we should have probably more stuff, I would imagine, on the G League team here very soon. Like, who's coaching and team name and... Like, cause they start play here very soon. <laughs> Salt Lake just named their their coach like on Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday, so I'd imagine Portland's got to be doing that. Yep. And then uh, summer league is uh, what a month away. Month. So month, yeah. uh, I'd imagine one of the younger coaches will be probably be involved there. And I haven't heard anything about anybody from the Blazers coaching staff going down to the G League. There have been talks about. Um, executives in the Blazers front office potentially running the G League franchise. Mm. So one of like uh, Asha Jones or Sergey Oliva or Mike Schmitz or Andre Patterson, basically anyone in the executive office below Joe. Mm. Because those, I mean, it's not just reps for players. It's reps for, for executives too. It's reps for coaches. It's reps for sales. Like it's, it's a whole thing. So yeah. I could, I could see that definitely being a path for for those guys um this is a question i've seen about a dozen times this is from uh, zach at zach backpacks gut instinct who is the starting five going on opening night no clue yeah that's that's a that's a plus fifty thousand bet right now mm-hmm. there's no way to there's no way to lay, nail that down yeah i don't i don't know what other teams are going to do with their disgruntled centers or centers they've been trying to move for quite some time I don't know what the market is for Nurkic right now. I just there's, I think there's too many unknowns at that point. I, I understand the wanting to answer that question, but it's June 4th. We still have the draft, free agency period. There's a lot to still happen before I think we have a real idea of, of what's out there. I mean, you could put four names on a sheet and say which one would you pick is going to be the starter. You, it's a crapshoot at this point. Uh, so many the comments, and I've got a question about it, and the same thing, like the – um, flex from Jersey, Aiton, <laughs> Blazers, oh, third yeah, pick yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know the Blazers have kicked around Aiton in the past. His contract probably makes things a bit more prohibitive. I don't see Aiton as something that would end up in Portland. I, the, the notes and news coming out of Chicago around the combine and around the, after the lottery, every kind of, everybody kind of coming together was that Aiton is going to end up in Phoenix. Or not in Phoenix, in Dallas, if he goes uh, anywhere. The Kyrie thing? Yeah, there's that and just – but this is also under the belief that Kevin Young was going to end up being the head coach. Yeah, then there was Vogel a Vogel gets hired, and so is, and Vogel's more of a defensive coach. So now does that maybe make Vogel want to keep Aiton and Danny, could you him? imagine Frank Vogel walking into Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving teamed up in Phoenix after what happened in Brooklyn? with Steve Nash. Like, could you imagine what Frank Vogel, like, Oh shit. Well, I'm basically not in charge here. So that's great. Yeah. And that's the thing is that's why I don't think the Kyrie thing happens, but I do think that there is a way for Aiton that ends up in Phoenix, whether it's like some version of like Hardaway, Dwight Powell and 10, something along those lines, because what what Phoenix needs more than anything right now is depth. Yeah. I'd give them good depth. They have none. So, Do they, do they then take 10 and flip 10 for something else that's, you know, to a younger team? For the, Do they hit up the Pacers for, like, a Quis Duarte for another guard? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm just I'm literally just throwing shit against the wall right now. Sure. Just the, the idea of how they're they're looking at doing that. Um, this is a, a question that I haven't seen asked, though. This is from uh, at Dirty Blazers fan. How likely is that we see another year of Damon Ant in the backcourt? I see on the pairing with a two-way wing adds to the mix. Ant can guard the ball better than we can give credit for. That's like the alternative universe that nobody is willing or able to talk about right now because of the uncertainty surrounding which way they go. I've seen a lot of people say, well, if the Blazers go young, they should trade Anthony. And I'm just kind of like... Why? Oh, I mean, I've been saying that too. If they're going to go young and 
it that frees up. I mean, he's twenty effing three with all this experience, and he's making he's the only he would be the only one on your team making any money. Yeah, he's twenty million a year. Twenty twenty five, but I mean, yeah, like why 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 would you go that route? You know what I mean? But as far as Damon oh, Ant yeah. is, it seems very strange that the the pairing of last year feels and seems like the least likely option when in reality it's the most likely. You know what I mean? Like the 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 idea of you think the starting backcourt the most likely scenario is Damon Ant or back again? Mm-hmm. Because that's that go. Change is the least likely thing, always. When you're talking about making those kind of moves, whether it's the Blazers or any any other team in the league, the trade is it it takes the second party, mm-hmm. and because of that, and because of value scales, it's it doesn't it's it's less likely for it to come together. So it's it's at least interesting. Um, this is from a whole lot of letters on Twitter. I'm going to go with AML. Uh, assuming a draft day trade, I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just have one contact in. It's super hard for me to focus right now. Yeah, <laughs> you're looking like you look like this. I literally ripped my contact out when we started the show. <laughs> so, <laughs> assuming a draft day trade for one of the rumored wings, how likely is it the second move happens too, or they focus on making just one? For example, if Simons and three is enough for Bridges, could they then focus, focus, focus on Nurk and other picks for Turner maybe? Like, Okay, if Two the, deals on draft day. If the Blazers are concentrated on and they do make a massive move on draft day, I would be shocked. I think there was somebody in here who asked like what the over under is on players moved on draft day was one and a half. I'd say over. Yeah. I would imagine the Blazers are going to want to get as much of their work done before getting into free agency, which is a week later. I would agree with that. So hopefully if there is a secondary deal outside of what they're doing with the pick. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw that question. I definitely would bet the over on the pro- player prop. If you say it's over one and a half players. Now, what would I, what would you say? Would you do the same answer? If I said over and a half, one and a half trades. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would, because you have to also remember that the Blazers have picked number 23 and picked number 43. Mm-hmm. They're not going to draft three rookies. Like even in a, even in a normal situation, they're not drafting three players. Uh, last time we had two trades on draft day. It's not Lamarcus and Roy, right? No, no, the Blazers. I... Zach, because Zach was two picks to move up. Yeah, but I don't I think, think they, they. Oh, didn't they? Didn't they move? Did they move back or did they keep that second for Biggie? <sighs> Trying to remember the last time they had that kind of action go on draft day, and my brain keeps going back to Lamarcus and Brandon. The Blazers but moved back last year to get Jabari. Did they do another move on draft day last year? Second round trades is where I will I will fail at. Yeah, well, that's what I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember second round transactions. They, there have been there have been some because it's not that far back. Like the Luke Babbitt years, I, there was multiple trades. Elliot Williams, I want to say there was multiple trades. The Collins season was Swanigan and Collins. I want to say there was there was another deal at the back of that where they moved a second round pick around. But that's like I think it's pretty safe to take the, the over one and a half. Yeah. Just because the likelihood is they they make a pick, they're going to make a pick and likely trade two of them away. I would imagine. Or they make they could make I guess they could make two picks. They could make a pick with the the three and then one with the the forty three. Yeah, I would imagine. I, I mean, I, I would imagine twenty three gets traded, but I could be crazy. Well, somebody, I I know we're going through the questions. I saw somebody had asked about unlocking the Chicago situation and like the timeline of that whole thing. It was can they unlock Chicago without using number twenty three? I know we've talked about that before, but mm-hmm. I know people are curious about when they're trying to unlock the Chicago situation. Yeah, I I don't think that the Blazers are worried about unlocking that's the the picks. I think that. Chicago is fairly desperate for picks, and I don't think it's going to take the 23 pick to get there. They have nothing to work with. Chicago, man, like everybody talks about Portland not having assets. Chicago doesn't have anything. No. Like, look, I like DeMar. He's older. Levine, your mileage may vary. Vooch is, 
you know, going to be a free agent. Patrick Williams is probably the one thing on their roster that I like, mm-hmm. and he's a younger guy. Um, but as far as like capital and things that like, the Bulls are in a they're in a weird spot. And I Caruso, don't, no Caruso. I like again, I like Caruso, but again, you're you're talking about like mileage may vary kind of situation, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, I look at things right now, and I think that the Blazers are not really worried about unlocking that pick. And if they they'll cross that bridge when they when they get there. But yeah. I don't see that as an impediment um, to get that out. Does that make sense? No, yeah, it makes sense. Um, yeah, there's like four different versions of that. That yeah. I thought Question. that was an important thing to like, hit on. Which is weird, because I feel like we've done that a lot. I know, but, you know, it just it, it feels like things are changing. Mm. And, you know, there's always like, oh, no, it's you have people that, that throw things out there. And like, it's going to cost this. And it's like, no, it's going to cost that. And, you know, it's one of those, like, you free that up. It sets more of the future situations up, I think. So people are just kind of always on that note. It, when you look at – when you look at – kind of reverting back to the pick – Scoots off the board. Is there a world where you're like, take Amen Thompson or take Brandon Miller more than you are trade the pick? Uh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Go on. Well, I mean, again, Joe is doing this. I think they're going to do it as an organization. They are going to value that pick to a certain extent. And if there's not the players that we have talked about available... I don't think they're going to, as you noted with Shaden's pick, they're not going to settle. And by the way, settle for something that you go, all right, first round this year, baby, let's let's do it. I, You're talking about a 6'7 athletic wing guard combo that, yeah, can't shoot that well. But, like, the idea of what he is in Miller, I mean, <clears throat> you and I talked to somebody in college basketball uh, not that long ago off the record and they they were we were talking about Miller mm-hmm. and they like they noted to you and I they were like blown away that the game after all the whole incident had like to go score 40 like one and I I know but like I think it just kind of provides a, a look into how teams are viewing prospects like mm-hmm. uh Amen Thompson and 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 Brandon Miller so yeah there is a world for me because six seven is six seven. That ain't tiny, man. Like no. Steph and Clay work because it's six three, and it's six seven. That mm-hmm. matters a great deal in this league. And the other guy is, what maybe the next Paul George? If you're gonna give him that kind of comp, like whatever, like that's those are pretty good talents to be having on your roster. Yeah, and that's kind of the the interesting thing about this. And for everybody out there screaming, trade Dame, trade Dame, trade Dame. Again, I, I will say this. You're going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know we're going to suck, right? Doesn't like, everybody know they're going to suck? Like, I just want to make sure that that's like, understood. I know. Just rookies aren't good. There's been like three ever that impacted winning. Well, Adam Johnson, LeBron James, Tim Duncan. <laughs> that's that's the list. Like, And those teams all had dudes around them well except for lebron lebron's a freak um lebron was the most nba ready player maybe ever um on a side note speaking of of movements shouts to 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 old tear bear terry stunts uh getting the uh assistant coaching gig uh in milwaukee coming full circle to the milwaukee bucks yeah i was i was happy thrilled look tear bear spent the last two years fishing out on lake oswego (laughs) popping brews going to timbers games out walking all around Lake Oswego, living his best life. Mm-hmm. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, he'll go to Milwaukee and probably get a second ring as, as an assistant coach, and everybody will talk about how he's a terrible coach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they have a real idea in Milwaukee where they're trying to win, you know, multiple championships with a once-in-a-generational talent. They have real ideas of, like, how can we get worse on our assistant coaching bench? Let's bring Terry Stotts in. That, that's, a, that's fully how they operate. I, I was happy for him when I saw that news. Uh, a guy like Griffin's going to need guys like Terry that have been in these smart, situations. Smart, Very move. smart. Yeah. He knows offense, by the way. So, you know, let's see what he can unlock with Giannis and whatnot. Uh, but I was super happy for him. I get it was time to move on, but I thought he got a little bit of a bad rap from a small minority. 
I think most of us appreciated what he did and what he meant to this franchise. And so he didn't land the head coaching gig. It's really hard right now. You almost have to be a name that's either won a title or you've been in that spot. And unfortunately, the, for hot, Terry, the hot, the hot young name. He's so yeah, hot he's, right now. He's not a young he's not chicken ha- anymore. He's not Hansel, he, man. You know what, though? I, I would argue to him because I know he wanted to be a head coach. I would also argue, like, Terry, your resume says you should, but, like, isn't this kind of the better gig? You're in the back. Nobody's all, talking about you. All, all, all the gas, none of the brakes. Yeah. Hell yeah. In this league, that might be the best thing. So, um, I guess a quick little announcement. Uh, some of you saw, or most of you saw, the Patreon uh, account went up on Saturday. Um, full disclosure, I've been thinking about it for literal months and I had a whim on a discussion that I had with somebody that kind of spawned it. Um, do not freak out. That is just where the written content and all of the bonus stuff is going to live. So everything that I write, and I will be – basically, I'm tweeting less and writing more. <laughs> hey, look at that. Brandon's applauding. But well, – I've always thought it. Like, I didn't – I'm not going to tell somebody how to run their Twitter account, but I've always seen your tweets and thought – this guy is still writing shit. Like yeah. he just wants to write, but he won't Basically. admit it to himself. Um, but that's where that's going to be as well as like bonus video breakdowns and everything else that we have kind of coming forward. So um, thank you for the support. It's been overwhelming. Uh, hopefully we will have more news to break about Jack Ramsey's in the coming months. Uh, continue looking for more and more stuff in that regard. Um, beyond that, the reason we're going early is because the NBA finals tonight um, so we'll get you guys out of here to go enjoy the day and uh, go enjoy the game. So thank you all so, so very much. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Help us grow the show. I hope we answered as many of your questions as we could. Uh, the Blazers are not going to have workouts, I don't believe, next week. Uh, it's going to be calm for a little bit, and then basically the next two weeks are going to be an S show, and I will be at the practice facility basically every day. So uh, what I will try to do is I will post as many little reports as I can that come out of it and um, put them together on Patreon for all the written stuff. And then if we get, I would imagine Brandon Miller comes through, not this week, next week, because I'm not doing it, probably right after that. And I would also imagine he's also a solo workout. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to kind of see how those, those workouts shake out, because it's, um, they're always tight-lipped about things, but you can always... So what, how, how did this? How did this go? How did you this? You you can find a little. You can tell by some eyebrows and some fun little conversations how things went and uh, how things looked. So um, thank you all so so very much for all the support. Uh, again, like, rate, review, subscribe, help us grow the show. You can find us on social media at Danny Murray, at Brandon's Break, at Jack Ramsey's, Jack Ramsey's at Gmail Again, subscribe. We're just short of five thousand on the YouTube channel. Um, if you haven't already, go there, click and make it go. Uh, burr. Yeah, I, I wanted to say thank you. Uh, I would say the last two to three weeks, meeting listeners, having listeners randomly walk up and say how much they appreciate the pod. Uh, it's been awesome. We've tried to do the best we could given the circumstance of the franchise and the tanking and the not being in a winning position. Um, I know this season was a little different just because Danny – started going to games and so i'm a morning show guy so like (laughs) schedules were a little wacky a little weird i know danny's got the patreon thing fired up we got workouts coming which is perfect for me because i'll be off this coming week i'm going to disneyland i'm enduring the dad thing with the kids uh but the draft is right around the corner i'm sure we've got some stuff that we're talking about behind the scenes on what to do on draft day because that could be monumental for this franchise Mm -hmm. uh but just wanted to say thanks to the people out there for for tuning in and you know, it's it's going to be a hell of a summer. There's a lot to come here on, on the old podcast. All right, guys. Well, go enjoy uh, the rest of your day and the game two of the NBA Finals. And uh, not because I have a vested interest in anything like that, but go Miami. Go Nuggets. <clears throat> Did you really? I got Nugs in five, baby. God, you scumbag. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks again. And we will catch you guys here in a couple of days. Take care and talk soon. Bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? 
What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.